Man, it's great to be worshiping here with you this morning, and uh, so many different things going on that are just powerful. Here's what we're doing right now. We're closing out the series. We've been in a series called, Who Am I? Finding My Identity in Christ. Who am I? And uh, we've walked from beginning to end in Ephesians chapter 1 through 3, and exciting to see what God's been doing, and today we're closing out the end of chapter 3. I am empowered. Like, God Almighty at work in me, the Holy Spirit doing a work as he transforms and shapes, as he strengthens us. I am empowered. To trust in Christ means we have hope in him. Amen? And a hope. Hope that he saves, yes. Hope that he heals, yes. Hope that he strengthens. And so, turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 14. We got ushers coming forward. They got Bibles in their hands. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you, all right? Ephesians 3 is where we're going to be, starting in verse 14. And, uh, well, if I'm empowered, then how should I be approaching my God? What should that look like? All right? Point number one, on my knees, on your knees, his power strengthens your inner being. On your knees, his power strengthens your inner being. We start in verse 14, it says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. He starts out, for this reason. And uh, When we read, let's not be lazy readers, all right? It's saying, it's connecting something, and, but be careful. This one's a little bit of a trick question. It actually is tying back to verse 1. Look at verse 1, look how it starts. For this reason. Paul actually started out in verse 1, and then he got rabbit-trailed kind of fast there as he and the Holy Spirit were deciding to bring some information out. And so there's this hyphen in most of your translations. He goes off to that info. He's now getting back to it, all right? So for this reason, this is really tying back to chapter 2. I was dead, but now I'm alive. I, I, I had no hope. I was without God, but now I have hope. He is making me a very dwelling place for him. I'm becoming his temple as the Holy Spirit is working in me. Praise be to God. And for this reason, that's what he's talking about as he connects now to chapter 3. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. I bow my knees. And uh, the appropriate response before the God of the universe is humility. The appropriate response before the God of the universe is on our knees. And Paul's like, just so you know, I'm on my knees praying even for you guys. He says, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. God the Father. And uh, every family has spilled from that. He's like, just so you understand, he is creator of all. He is in charge of all. And through him, all things spill out. Even more specifically, hey, the role of father in every family is modeled first by God the Father. And uh, hear that for a second. See, all too often we hear that God is called Father. And we start tying that to our earthly father. And some of you might be like, you don't know my dad. You don't know how bad he was or is. You don't know the stuff that needs to be changed. And please hear me. Um, we are not to know God the Father by knowing our dad. But it's quite the opposite. By knowing God our Father and how perfect he is and awesome he is. That's the role that we're to have as dads and fathers 
And so there are moments where God the Father, absolutely perfect, and men, where we come up short. We're the ones that are wrong, not God the Father. And uh, our biggest problem in life often can stem from our view of our Father. Be very careful. Your view of your dad is essential. And uh, you need to be cautious about what you're saying and what you're doing about your dad. See where he's rightly making a mistake. That's okay to recognize that. But hear me, that does not make God the Father a sinner and faulty. He is perfect and glorious, almighty. He is righteous. He is in charge. He is caring and loving and gracious. That's our ultimate eternal daddy. And all of God's people said, may we know him. And through knowing him, may we have a model of where we need to head as dads and fathers. And uh, it says that according to the riches of his glory. Just so you know, this is the fifth time he's used that phrase, the riches of. Fifth time within Ephesians. And uh, here he's talking about the riches of his glory. Before he's talked about the riches of his grace and the riches of his glorious inheritance. And now the riches of his glory. And uh, it's a huge deal that we understand that his glory has everything to do with what happens in our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verses 16 to 18. You may want to write it down. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18. It says that we are transformed from one degree of glory to the next by the glory of the Spirit. You hearing that? By the glory of the Holy Spirit pouring over you, you are literally being transformed one degree of glory to the next. The change in your life, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 16 to 18, is not you forcing it. The change in your life is you humbly bowing before your God and his glory pouring over you and the glory of the Spirit literally changes you. That's what's going on. And the riches of that glory, as he rocks our world, shapes our heart, changes us and makes us something we could have never made alone. And all of God's people said, that's our hope, man, is in his glory. Notice it says that he may grant you to be strengthened. That he may grant you, God is in charge. That he may grant you, God is, everybody just say it with me, he's in charge. Ready? He's in charge. Don't lose sight of that. How easy it is for us to live life, we're like, I'm in charge. Why? Because that's the way I want it. And, right? and we try to live the selfish game and we try to force ourselves and he's in charge. And the appropriate prayer, Lord, that you may grant as we humbly trust in you. You're in charge. And, uh, your plans, your will, your thoughts, even in the midst of my struggles, you're in charge, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power. Strengthened with power. Like he's literally going to give you an enablement you could not have without him. Strengthened. He is going to help you to be able to accomplish what you could not do alone. Strengthened. He is going to take you through something, not around something, and as you look at that something before you're going through it, you could not imagine going through it, but he 
is strengthening you. Strengthened. Giving you an insight. Helping you grasp where God is at work. Helping you see what's going on. And more than that, helping you even be able to handle it in the, in the middle of it. So many of us in here are crushed. Crushed by some relationship that's gone sideways. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's friends. Crushed. Devastated. Maybe there's a worry going on. A not sure about my job. I don't know what this next year is going to bring. I work for Caterpillar. I work for a company related to Caterpillar. I'm not sure what God's doing. And, and a worry that starts rising up as we're unsure of the plans that God has for me. Or you're struggling with sickness or an illness or an injury that has been lasting for a while and you just can't quite grasp. Take a deep breath. Your God has it in hand. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I'm just telling you, may we trust in him. Strengthened with power. And, and it says, through his spirit in your inner being, please, you are not strengthened by some weird twisted black magic or you repeating a phrase over and over again or you are strengthened by the Holy Spirit at work in your inner being. He is doing a work in you and, and he's affecting your inner being. If you want to use this word, your soul, okay? It's how you think, it's how you feel, and it's how you desire your soul and the whole of your inner being being shaped by the Holy Spirit as he begins to grow you one degree of glory at a time so that you begin to see it as God sees it. So you begin to value it as God values it. So you begin to desire as God desires it. Your inner being being shaped by the Holy Spirit. And a purpose statement, so that. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And uh, this word dwell, it literally means that he might make a home out of your heart, that he might be at home in your heart. Have you ever had that moment where you get a phone call from a friend and they're like, or a text, and they're like, hey, coming over, just thought I'd stop by for a minute. Or you look out and you can see a neighbor and they're coming up the sidewalk to the house and you're like, everybody start picking up the house. <laughs> ever had that moment? And, and you're running around and you're like picking things up and you're like, this room is hopeless, close the door. Right? And, and you're, you're doing this massive pickup to try to get things ready so that they come in. And as they walk in, everything kind of looks nice. And the, right before they walked in, you take your hand across the counter and do this so that the dust is gone. And this is all hypothetical. And you do that. they come in and they see the sun just glint off the counter. And it, right? And everybody say, not that. Dude, that's not what we're talking about. The Holy Spirit's not doing some fast, quick pickup that could actually just look in a little bit underneath and you'd find some pretty lame, messed up stuff. We're talking about he's literally doing an amazing work. We're talking like the deep clean. You know what I'm talking about? Rubber gloves up to the elbow, hours scrubbing, wiping down, fixing, putting everything in place, absolute spotless, clean to the core, deep clean of the Holy Spirit. 
that Christ may have a home in your heart. Are you hearing that? That he literally can take up residence within and his purity and his perfection and his joy is at home in that place. The Holy Spirit is cleaning up the sin that the pure king of the universe will be at home in your heart. That's what's going on. Giving you a strength. Giving you a cleaning and a transformation. Huge things can take place in you and with you and through you. Praise be to God. And uh, I've got a quote here. And uh, it's from a little while ago, so be patient with the words a little bit, all right? Got to think a little on this first sentence. Ready? Here we go. Power is that which gives life and action to all the perfections of the divine nature. Process that. Power is that which gives life and action to all the perfections of the divine nature. Like, God is nothing if he's not acting. Like, you can talk about his character if he's just sitting there doing nothing, but his power is what makes it matter. Here's the quote. He says, How vain would be the eternal counsels if power did not step in to execute them. Without power, his mercy would be nothing but feeble pity. His promises would just be an empty sound. His threatenings, a mere scarecrow. God's power is like himself, infinite, eternal, incomprehensible. It can neither be checked, restrained, nor frustrated by any mere creature. Our God is all-powerful. Amen? And uh, do you believe that? Do you trust in his power and understand that he's at work? Are you struggling? Are you hurting? Are you walking in today devastated and wrestling with God? Where are you in this? Take a deep breath. Seek his gracious healing, his awesome power at work. And all of God's people said, that's our first step. Second, with an open mind, his power brings comprehension of his love. With an open mind, his power brings comprehension of his love. Starting in the middle of verse 17 there, it says, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength, there's the word again, to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, now he's using a gardening term, right? And he's like, just imagine this, this garden plot, and you've got this plant with deep roots, and there's, the roots are going deep, and the ground is stable, and there's this awesome amount of nutrients and vitamins put into it. There's this great fertilizing taking place, and, and what are you rooted and grounded in? Check it out. That you being rooted and grounded in love. That's what your God roots you and grounds you in. Love. God is love. He loves you. He is amazed to be able to share of himself in a way that shapes and brings your heart around. He loves you. 
He wants to pour on you his graciousness and his mercy. He wants to lavish on you his care. He has you protected. He is providing your God at work in your life. He loves you. Everybody say, he loves me. For some of you in this room, that was very hard words to say. Maybe not even saying them, you're like, I don't know if I can go there yet. Check out what it says right after it. Rooted and grounded in love, that you may have strength to comprehend. I'm just telling you, where you are weak, he is strong. Where you are devastated, he has solution. Let your Holy Spirit pour into your life his strength that brings you the ability to start to comprehend, to see it as he sees it, to get what he knows already, and he's revealing it to you to help you to comprehend what? With all the saints, how many of the saints? Dude, this is not a plan for some. This is a plan for all. Every single person who believes in Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit would pour into you the ability and the strength to come to know your God all the more, to be blown away by his glory and his love, to be awed and starting to understand, comprehend the breadth and length and height and depth. There is no other facet than that. It's that you get all of his love. You grasp the whole of who he is. That's his plan for you. And in the middle of the heartache, the whisper from the pit of hell is, he doesn't love you. He doesn't love you. Please do not listen to that lie. The truth is this. He loves you with all he's got. He's pouring in his very self. He knows exactly what you need and he is on it. Your God loves you. Do you believe in him? Do you trust in him? Don't listen to the lie from the pit of hell. Your God loves you. And uh, it says, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. I love that. To know the unknowable. Look at the contradiction of what he said. You get to know what surpasses knowledge. You are going to grasp things that only God knows as he reveals to you his very love. The surpassing knowledge. You getting a taste of every facet of it that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Man, it is time to stop knowing about him. And it is time to start knowing him. It is time to start knowing his love and the depths of his interaction in you, and it is time to stop measuring that love based on the circumstances. It's time to set that down. And uh, That's a lame measure. Your God's doing something way greater. Trust in him. And, uh, it says, filled with all the fullness of God. How does that work? Ephesians 5 says that you may be filled not with wine, being drunk, wearing his excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And uh, man, as you worship God, as you confess that which needs to go, as you put yourself before your king, trusting him, as you drop your arm, Psalm 46, as you be still, literally stop fighting, worship, confession, 
be still. You are filled. Filled with the fullness of God. It is immediate. I was taught for a long time growing up that this took years and years and years of perfecting in you and you had to do all this stuff and if you didn't get it, seven, eight, nine years and then one of those days and you blow it and you got to start all over again and filled is never able to happen and just so you know, Ephesians 5 is the statement that says be continuously filled. Keep coming back, keep going after worship and confession and be still. That your God might pour into you more and more of who he is. Filling you up with a strength and an understanding of all that's going on. That you might know the love of your God. That you might know his love. All right? There was a guy, actually, we'll say it this way. There were 20 guys, one specifically within the group. There were 20 American soldiers in the war in World War II. And as they wrestled in this war, uh, they were ended up being taken captive. True story. And as they were captives, they were doing their work every day. They were digging with shovels and, and uh, having each other's backs and protecting as they went along. And uh, one day when they came in, as the guard lined them up, they did a shovel count. And for the 20 guys, there were actually only 19 shovels and the guard flipped out. And he walked back in front of them. He said, that's it. Whoever thought they were smart enough to steal a shovel today, step forward. Nobody stepped forward. And he waited. And then he got more hot. And he said, if you don't step forward, I will immediately kill five men standing here. Step forward. And all the guys are like, who in the world would have tried to steal a shovel? We know that they do the count every day. What is they thinking? And this 19-year-old kid ends up going, drops his head, steps forward. And the guard walks up, true story, and shoots him and kills him right there. Tells the men, clean it up, and he walks away. And as the 19 guys come over, like, what was he doing? What was he thinking? They're picking the guy up to take him back, and they go to grab the shovels to be able to bury him. They counted the shovels and there were 20. The guard was wrong. There weren't 19. Why did the kid step forward? To save four other men's lives. And all of a sudden their view of this kid completely changed. This wasn't the dumb little punk kid who tried to steal. This was the kid who saved four other men. And they got a deeper understanding of his heart in that moment. I'm just telling you, that is nothing in comparison to the understanding we get to have as Jesus Christ stepped forward for you. Are you hearing me? As he stepped forward and said, I will go to the cross. I will take the payment. I will go for them. He is our hope. Him for me. And all of God's people said, he loves you. He loves you. That you may know that love deeply and powerfully, passionately, personally. It doesn't mean that every circumstance goes well. It means in the midst of the circumstance, your God is there with you. Why would he go to the cross for you and not have a bigger plan? Trust him. 
He loves you. Your God is there with you. So simple question, are you wrestling or are you listening? It's time to come with an open mind. Trust the work that your king is doing who has stepped out for you. The Holy Spirit revealing to you. We love you. We've got plans here. Trust me. Here we go. And are you seeing his love? Or are you just seeing the pain in front of you? Time to stop looking at the circumstance and start looking at your Savior. That's our call. Number three. In full trust, his limitless, gracious, and glorious power is staggering. In full trust, his limitless, gracious, and glorious power is staggering. He says here, Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or think. To him who is able to do far more abundantly I always memorized this in the King James back when I was growing up, so exceedingly abundantly, right? Like way above anything you can imagine, man. I'm just telling, ready? What are you struggling with? Think of it. What is the thing that's kind of distracting you? What's the stuff that gets in your way? What is your struggle? What is your hurt? What is your pain? Think about it right now. Really get the answer. Got it? Now think of what that could look like to be fixed. Imagine it. What is Christ doing? What are you doing? What's it look like to be fixed? Think about it. Got it? Now hear this promise. He is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ever ask or think. I'm just telling you this, whatever you just came up with as a solution is small. Your God's got a plan that's bigger. Your God's got a plan that's more huge. It's going to be more vast in showing him off. It's going to be more awesome in perfecting you and those around you. Your God has a plan and it is far more abundantly gracious and awesome than anything you could ever ask or think. Ever. Wait, I want another kick at the can. I want to think bigger. Ever. No matter what you come up with, your God's got something even bigger in store. We can't even imagine what heaven's like. And we read little bits here and there and we're like, oh, that sounds awesome. We barely get what it's about. And a greater than we could ever ask or think. According to the power at work within us, he's like, let me just tell you that I put a deposit on display in you for you to know. The power at work within you is just the beginning. And I'm gonna start doing things in you that are gonna rock your world. I'm gonna start calming you in the midst of storms you never could have imagined you could have stood in. I'm gonna start healing you so that you see in the midst of those storms things you never would have seen before. I'm going to do a work according to the power at work within us we are promised God is at work everybody just say God is at work 
Don't miss it, man. God is at work. And, uh, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Let me restate that. Lord Jesus, may you get all the glory. It is not about my comfort. It is about my king. It is not about my struggle. It is about my savior. It is not about the moment and what I want out of. It is about what God will take me through. He brings the power. He can do far more than I could ever imagine. May he get all the glory. I will not look for comfort. I will look for him to be glorified. And all of God's people said, man, I'm telling you, we have hope in prayer. We have power in the spirit. We have a planning father and a loving father, and he's pouring it on. And it says here, forever and ever. Amen. Just say those words with me. Forever and ever. Amen. And you can't end a prayer better than that. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than I could ever ask or think. Hmm? What are you hurting with and what are you struggling with? Who am I? I'm a child of the king. And he's at work. And, and right now I might be a little confused and devastated, but my God's working. That's who I am. I'm trusting in him. So here's the deal. This is what we're going to do as we close out here and let's close out this service. There's a lot of people in this room with a lot of heartache. So I'm just going to ask Larry to come on up and ask our elders to come on up. And we're going to have elders and their wives up here. And we're just going to take some time to bow our knees before the Father who is creator of the universe. And all of God's people said... Let's just bring this time before him. And let's make much of his name. Here's the request. As we go to prayer, if you're hurting with something right now, we want to pray with you, man. We got elders and their wives up here. We want to hear from you. Come on up. Let's pray together. Let's storm the throne of grace for what you're struggling with. So let's just do this. Let's have everybody bow your head and close your eyes. Lord, you are able. Lord, you are powerful. And God, you are awesome. And we come before you now. Just take a moment before your king to pray. And here's my request. Worship him. In the midst of this worship, it may be almost impossible to keep your eyes focused, to keep your minds focused. It's time to bring the pain before them and just say, Lord, here's my struggle. Lord, please hear my cry. Lord, here's what I'm asking for my family member or my cousin or my, Lord, here's the struggle and bring it before them. Here's my request. We have elders up front. Bring that struggle up here. We'd love to pray with you. Just bring it up, man. We know there's a ton of struggle. Just come on up.
Everybody's head bowed, everybody's eyes closed. Just come on up and let's pray together. Amen. Come on up. Amen. We're here to pray with you. Just bring it on up. down. What are you struggling with, man? Let's bring it before the king. Right where you are, just be praying for your struggle. Just be praying and bringing it before your God. And if you're right now going, hey, I think I'm okay in the moment, be praying for those around you. Turn it back around to worship for a moment and breathe in. Almighty King, you are awesome. Lord, you have a plan to strengthen. You have a plan to bring glory to your name. You are King of the universe. You speak and these worlds exist. Your presence sustains. We trust in you. You bring a strength that we may be able to endure. You bring a strength that we may have power. You bring a strength that we may comprehend. Lord, we love you and we worship you right now. Just take a moment to worship him where you are.
breathed in again as we breathe out. Anybody here been holding back? You're like, I don't know why I'm not coming up, but I need to come up. And we got people here we'd love to pray with you. Feel free to bring it down. Let's pray together. Let's bring it before your God. God is at work. He's moving in this place, man. Even right now, he's stirring. No sweeter time than quiet before the Lord in your heart crying out, handing it over to him. you know what, it's not that big of a deal, I'm, I'm okay, but, uh, but I'd still like some prayer. Just stand right where you are so that I can pray for you here as we close out, all right? Just right where you are. If you've got something going on, you're like, ah, I didn't feel like I needed to bring it forward, but I do have some things that could be prayed for. Just stand right where you are. I'd love to pray for you. We all have things going on. There's no, I got to be tough here. Forget that, man. That's out. Let's get real before our God. Just stand where you are. Let me pray for you. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Just right where you are. Just stand if you got something going on. Struggle, a hurt, a pain. I want to be able to pray for you. Here's what I'm going to ask for those of you who aren't standing there's somebody standing right around you get next to them get an arm on them get a hand on these guys alright every single person get some hands on I want them covered just look behind you look around you there's some people standing go ahead and open up your eyes and look around Let's get these guys covered who are standing up. Just get next to them and get an arm on them. Still got a few people that need to have a hand on them. Make sure you get them covered right next to you. Just stand up next to them. All right. Who am I? 
I'm a child of the King. I'm a part of his church. This is a picture of the church right here. In the midst of struggle, we stand together. We bow our knees before the Father who is Father over all. Lord, we long for you to have your way. You are awesome. You are almighty. You are King of kings and Lord of lords, and we trust in you. You are the God of the universe, and we love you. Lord, we love you and we trust in you when we don't get what's going on. When there's hurts and pains in our family, when there's struggles within our souls. Lord, we lean on you now. Wake us up. Open our eyes. Strengthen us that we may comprehend your love. You're in charge. And you're the most caring being in the universe. We are so privileged. Who am I? Lord, we are a child of you. We love you and we worship you. I pray now for each person standing with the struggle in their souls. Lord, you know exactly what's going on. Romans 8 says your Holy Spirit is groaning for us in ways we cannot imagine. Cry out for these people, Lord. Long for them to be satisfied in you, a peace in you, a healing in you, that you make it all the glory. Lord, may each one standing trust in you in the midst of the circumstances and storm and hand it over. May a calm come over them that is the presence of the Almighty King making home in their soul. We love you, Lord. We need you. Lord Jesus, we need you. We need you with all we have. We need you. And we trust in you now. And we bring our problems before you on bent knee because you are the God of the universe. It is in your mighty, redeeming, saving, healing, victorious name that I pray these things. And all of God's people said, amen.